edition of the Alabama Crimson Tide podcast here on seccountry.com. I'm your host, Ryan Fowler. Let's sit back and talk a little Alabama Crimson Tide football. I love this time of the year. We're a little over 70 days away, a little over 70 days away. You like the way I said that? As we get a little closer to Alabama Crimson Tide football and SEC, and I cannot wait to see Alabama open up this 2018 season. We're going to talk about that with Steve Lassen coming up in a couple of minutes. This time of the year, we get a lot of those preseason publications, right? A lot of the preseason publications, it's all about projections and predictions and analytics and stats. And we're looking back and looking ahead and trying to make predictions. And we're thinking about, well, Tua Tonga Valoa, if you've noticed here recently, within the last couple of weeks, and we've talked about this before, but I think it's worth going back and hitting, that Tua Tonga Valoa is getting a ton of praise in the experts or with the experts in the desert, in Las Vegas. Heisman Trophy odds are out. Heisman Trophy odds are out. And Tua Tonga-Valoa is like the most favorite quarterback to win the Heisman Trophy. Now, that's quarterbacks. There's some other guys that might be a little bit more highly rated than he is, like Bryce Love from Stanford. But when you look at Tua Tonga-Valoa, around the talent that he's got, he's got a chance to be a big-time quarterback, and I think he already is that. I mean, he's won a national title, but I think he can take it out. Maybe he can be the only guy to ever win three national titles. Is that putting the cart before the horse? Yeah, possibly. But someone who went out there and went all in was Athlon Sports. And it was those guys who first said he was the number one quarterback in the SEC. And many folks started reacting. They said, no, 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 there's no way. No way he's that. Well, then Vegas started jumping on board. Now, we've been on board for, what, a year and a half now? I mean, if you've listened to this podcast, you know that I'm a gigantic Tua Tungvalu fan because I can recognize a talent when I see one. And I don't have a, an agenda. I don't have a bias. I just walk out and I say, that guy's a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. That's my opinion. What does it mean? Not much. The same dollar and 45 cents will get you a couple of coffee at McDonald's or Chick-fil-A or wherever you choose to go. So let's go into this conversation. Steve Lassen is the college football editor, Athlon Sports Publication, athlonsports.com. Steve, I hope you're doing well. Welcome in to the Alabama Crimson Tide podcast here on seccountry.com. Hey, Ryan. It's great to talk to you once again. I hope your summer is treating you well. The, the countdown to the offseason is officially on, but, uh, you know, with our Athlon Sports Magazine, we're, we're counting down the days. Yeah, and you know what? I've I, I've been able to just soak in a lot. I mean, there's just something about finding a recliner, and you flip over that magazine, and it's like there's a lot of content. I mean, there's 233 pages uh, in, in the guide that I've got, but it's like you guys make us think. Thus, those of us that are so hungry and that do shows like this one, there's a lot of content uh, between those pages, my friend. Hey, we, we try to give college football fans the most information that we can and preview pretty much anything that we can uh, for the upcoming season. I mean, you name it, games to watch, Heisman Trophy, uh, you know, predictions, rankings, features. Uh, I mean, I, I'm looking for ways to make it through the offseason, too. So this is my go-to uh, to come down through all the offseason, the long summer, and you know, hey, most importantly, it's hot outside. I, I want to get away from the heat. So I pick up my magazine and try to soak in as much as I can because before you know it, the season is going to be here. Not that I'm complaining. 
college football editor for AthlonSports.com, the publication that you'll find on your newsstands. You guys are all in on Tua Tungvaloa. And now we talked about this early in May. But now since I've read the the magazine and read the publication, I realize you guys are like doubling up. You guys are really all in on Tua Tungvaloa. We are. You know, we've picked him to win the Heisman Trophy. We've picked him first team, all SEC. We've picked him second team, all America this year. So we are all in on him. You know, I think it's a combination of a couple factors. It's the overall talent that he has. We've seen it in limited action. I think this could be one of Alabama's better passing offenses that they've had in some time with Tua leading the way. The talent at receiver, three sophomores ready to break break out this season. Uh, I, I just think with that combination, his ability to throw downfield is only going to make this offense more dangerous. And I think – you know, sometimes the Heisman Trophy Award, it's one of those awards that it goes to a player on one of the top five or seven teams. And you look at Tua's talent, his stats that he could put up uh, for the number one team in college football, I think it's pretty easy to see why he's one of the favorites going into this year. But we're very high in him. Um, you know, I think he's one of the top two to three quarterbacks in college football this season. Just think he's going to put it all together um, and have a monster sophomore season. Now, was that a consensus or unanimous in that room that you and Mitch Light and Braden Gall all went in? Was that a consensus or was that a unanimous all-in on Tua Tungvaluwa? You know, what's funny is Mitch and, uh, you know, I'm, I usually consult with Mitch on a lot of things for the magazine. And independently, we both picked Tua to win the Heisman Trophy before we met. We basically, you know, we'll say, hey, on Thursday, Let's get together and talk about the Heisman through your top 10 list. So I came in thinking I was going to be the crazy person putting two at number one. He had him at number one, too, so I felt a lot better about it. And that's what we ended up with. And, and Braden was high on him as well. So yeah, it was kind of independent, but we're all on board uh, with picking him as our Heisman Trophy winner. All on board, picking him second team, uh, All-America for this season as well. If Alabama stumbles, why? Why will they stumble if they do, and we're not saying they will, but I'm trying to look at uh, excuses just to say undefeated, undefeated, undefeated. If Alabama does not have the season that we're anticipating, why? I think it would be because maybe the secondary doesn't come together like we think it will. Um, you know, That's my big question for Alabama going into this season, is what happens in the secondary, You know, especially when they play potentially Georgia in the SEC championship game. You know, Ole Miss has a good passing offense. Don't think Ole Miss will beat Alabama. But what happens in a situation where you play a quarterback and receiver combination like Ole Miss has, you know, in a potential playoff game against Clemson, uh, you know, against the, one of those teams that can throw the ball downfield. So I, I think this, the scenario for me either sets up as Alabama's secondary is more problematic than we think. It gives up a lot of passing yards in a playoff game. Or – you know, maybe Alabama just gets really unlucky. And it's one of those five or six turnover games like Alabama had against Ole Miss a couple of years ago. You know, maybe it's one of those crazy kind of games. That's the only way that I see Alabama losing a game this season. They are head and shoulders talent-wise above most teams in college football. I think Clemson is the only other program that's kind of in that atmosphere right now. And with Tua stepping up at quarterback, with Nick Saban, uh, with the talent level on both sides of the ball, 
Uh, Alabama is just by far the clear number one pick in our mind. Uh, so it would take a lot with that schedule to lose a game this season, I think. Steve, do you think this, and I know you've already talked about Tua Tungvaloa, but all those offensive weapons, you think this might be a little different type of offense under Nick Saban with Mike Loxley than what we've been accustomed to under Nick Saban in the, in the previous 11 years? You know, I think the potential is certainly there. The offense is always going to lean on the ground game, and it's hard to go away from Damian Harris and Najee Harris, too, and especially with the offensive line that Alabama has. But, you know, you just look at the firepower that this team has at receiver. You know, I think it's one of the deepest receiving cores in college football. It's probably behind uh, Ole Miss and South Carolina and the SEC, but if it's third, it's probably third, you know, third nationally behind, you know, three really good SEC teams. So it could be top five or so. I think you, know, you look at what Mike Loxley can do, and I think he's inheriting these pieces at receiver, uh, at quarterback. They're going to be able to stretch the ball downfield more than they were able to uh, with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. I think you'll see Alabama throw downfield more often, which is only going to open up the running game for Damian Harris. So, yeah, I, I think this could be one of Alabama's better passing teams that they've had, uh, at least over the last couple of seasons. Just too much talent. And I think, you know, of course, Alabama's going to lean on its running game and its defense, uh, but I think this, this passing attack is just too talented to not take a few more chances. So let's look at the Georgia Bulldogs because you've also got this team in the college football playoffs as well. Is this something that, that kind of discussed this? Because we put two SEC teams in this college football playoffs again. Something tells me next offseason we're going to be talking about expanding beyond four teams. You know, we had a pretty spirited debate for our last two teams in the college football playoffs. Uh, we went back and forth on Georgia, Washington, Ohio State, and Michigan, and we eventually settled on Georgia and Ohio State. You know, one of the reasons why we like Georgia is the schedule. You know, the schedule is very favorable. We think they're probably going to be favored in all 12 regular season games. So we're saying their one loss is going to be the SEC championship game against Alabama. They'll still stay in the top four. Uh, with Alabama being number one and Georgia being either number three or number four. Yeah, I think Kirby Smart and, and Georgia are getting to that point where every year, with the way that they're recruiting, they're going to be an easy top five or top six type of team. You know, they're starting to stack four- and five-star recruits uh, onto the depth chart. So I think while they lose Roquan Smith and while they have some personnel losses on defense, that offense this year with Jake Fromm, DeAndre Swift, and that offensive line, the offense is going to take a step forward. And with that schedule, even if their defense is just a little bit worse than last year, it's hard to worry too much about Georgia's defense when Kirby Smart's leading it. But it's hard to see that defense taking a significant step back. So in our mind, a combination of schedule, talent, good quarterback, and the trust in Kirby Smart uh, to find the right pieces on defense is why we have Georgia in there. I I will say... You know, the, the two teams in the SEC for the playoff this year, I think it's helped because the, the Big 12 doesn't really have a clear number one team. Oklahoma's probably going to step back without Baker Mayfield. We think Washington is going to be a contender, but they have to play Auburn. They have to play at Utah early in the year. So their schedule has the type of landmine to get to two losses. And if a one-loss team from the SEC is sitting there and it's Georgia and they lost to Alabama, 
I think it's hard to keep them out, especially when there may not be another conference champion uh, ranked high enough with one loss or, or undefeated to take that spot. All right, so I love the question here. You're going to be a very popular guy in Tuscaloosa. Page 52, which top 10 team scares you the most? Which team do you think we might have overranked in athlonsports.com? I think it's Auburn. You know, I'm a little concerned about Auburn's offensive line. Um, you know, we saw last season against Clemson, against UCF, Auburn struggled to protect Jared Stidham. And I think that's the key to the season. We know they can find running backs. They've done it with Garen Johnson. They'll find the next guy. And Jared Stidham, of course, is probably going to be one of the top four to five quarterbacks in the SEC. They've got skill players. Their defense is good. But it all comes down to the line of scrimmage. And, you know, as cliche as it is to say in the SEC, you have to be strong on the line of scrimmage. And losing four, you know, three or four full-time starters from last season, I think is concerning. And then you look at that schedule, that the road games this year against Georgia and Alabama, it switched from last year. Those two games at home were huge. So if we assume Auburn loses those two games, that means they have to navigate the game against Washington. They have to go on the road to, to Ole Miss and Mississippi State. So I, I think we have them at 10-2, and two, but it would not shock me to see them lose another game. And maybe that's potentially the opener against Washington. You know, and you, sp- you talk about uh, Joe Moorhead when you're ranking the new hires. I've been impressed with him at Mississippi State. I, I just He's an outgoing guy, and, and as we talk about that road trip to Starkville, is not going to be easy for the Auburn Tigers. It's not. You know, Mississippi State and Joe Moorhead, I think Joe Moorhead is set up for maybe the most success of any first-year head coach. You know, they bring back 16 starters from a team that won nine games last year, has a dynamic quarterback in Nick Fitzgerald, not to mention two of the SEC's better defensive linemen in Jeffrey Simmons and Montez Sweat. We talked about Auburn and its concerns on the offensive line. I think one of the reasons to like Mississippi State is their offensive and defensive lines. I think this their offensive line is in the top half of the SEC, and their defensive line is certainly there. And I think Joe Moorhead, with his background on offense from Penn State, from Fordham, I think he's one of those coaches that could come in and utilize Nick Fitzgerald and figure out ways that they can kind of alleviate some of those concerns they have at receiver. I think seeing what what Trace McSorley did at Penn State under Joe Moorhead, I think Mississippi State fans should be pretty excited about what he could do with Nick Fitzgerald. How much fun was it to be able to talk on the coordinator roundtable, the coordinators, and to be able to talk with these guys and kind of get to go know them and you know, it's to me, it's always fun when you can visit with those guys. But you guys kind of put this uh, several pages that you've dedicated the coordinator roundtables. It's really fun, and it goes to also to the coach scouting that we have in the magazine too. You know, both of those parts are fun to put together. You know, the coordinator roundtable is always fascinating to me because you don't get to hear from some of those guys during the season. It's very head coach centric with the media message out of the program. And they have a lot of interesting insight into the, the week-to-week planning, uh, the, the preparation, the opponents, the, everything that goes on during the week. So you know, it, it was a fun exercise for us just to hear from the different coordinators, get some different insights, 
Um, and, and I think, you know, like I said, with also with our coach scouting, just hearing coaches talk about other teams is always fascinating to me. It's just some really interesting behind-the-scenes information. What kind of comments do you get on Alabama when they say, look at what Nick Saban's been able to do and maybe how you beat these guys? It's a great question. You know, I think when you look at Nick Saban, when you lose, you know, what, 12 games in, in, uh, in nine seasons, you know, everybody is, is aiming for you. You know, I, I think most coaches, when you think about Alabama, are always impressed with the level of success at a high level and the ability to just reload year after year. And just seeing Nick Saban do it, it's a machine. You know, the players leave the program. Here comes the next wave of stars into Tuscaloosa. They're picked number one or two every year. So I think that's the takeaway that we get is just success at a high level consistently. Uh, and not to mention just churning out NFL talent left and right is just at such a high level. I think is why Nick Saban is one of the best coaches in college football history. Let me just point out one right here from Dave Aranda, which is to me one of the high defensive minds in our game at, at LSU. He talked about one of the most opposing, uh, the, the, who is the best opposing coordinator you have faced in your career. And he, he lists Lane Kiffin as that guy. And he talks about, I've lost to Lane Kiffin multiple times. And it goes into what you've got to do to be able to beat a guy like Lane Kiffin. Yeah, really interesting insight to, to hear what different coordinators think about other coordinators and the play calling and, and what it takes. I, I think on Lane Kiffin, that was one of the things when he was hired at Alabama that I picked up on was that other defensive coordinators and other coaches uh, around the league did not want Lane Kiffin to, to beat Alabama. You know, they, they were impressed whether, you know, in his past stints as offensive coordinator or head coach, He's a really smart guy when it comes to being a coordinator. X is a very sharp head coach. So I think there are coaches who are certainly glad he's out of the SEC. And it probably won't be you know, too much longer before Lane Kiffin is moving up the coaching ranks again as a head coach. But you mentioned Dave Aranda. I think he's one of the best defensive coordinators in college football. And I think that's one of the reasons why if LSU is going to exceed preseason expectations, it will be because of their defense and, and just being so dominant. But Dave Aranda is one of those guys, when you start thinking about potential openings at the end of the season, he's a name that will probably start getting some buzz as well. Steve, I, I know you cover the game in college football, and I want to ask you about the redshirt rule that came down today. Any thoughts on the four games that you can play without you losing a, a year of eligibility? I like the rule. I think it adds some flexibility for coaches in terms of injuries. So if you have an injury and it's at the end of the season, you don't have to burn a red shirt. You can play a guy in one or two games to make it through. And I think you can also start looking at bowl games and getting some of those freshman experience for the next season. So I think it's a win for coaching staff. It's going to be tough at first, I think, to keep track of all the red shirts and, and who's in and who's not. But I think it's a big win just in terms of getting these guys experience and getting them ready for the next season and giving coaches more depth. I also think you could make the case players will probably stay more engaged if they're a freshman and thinking they could play in a couple games as opposed to redshirting. They're more likely to be more engaged with the team and the schemes and trying to pick up and, and of course, trying to develop over the course of the season. I don't really see a downside yet to it. 
Well, and it, it's kind of fun because I think it continues this quarterback uh, competition here in Tuscaloosa because you look at Jalen Hurts, if he's the backup, a lot of people have said, well, you know, does he set out? Does he change position? Does he transfer? If you're Nick Saban, you're also given four games now that you could play him without really punishing Jalen Hurts or whoever loses the quarterback job. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's one other thing. It adds more strategy for coaches. You know, you have to be strategic with some of your four games. You know, do you play them early in the year if you play, you know, in one-sided affairs in non-conference games? Or do you potentially save them for later in the year if you might need them for injury? And also, not only Alabama, Georgia, with Justin Fields and Jake Fromm. I mean, if you're Kirby Smart, do you waste a year of Justin Fields just being the backup, playing a couple plays, or do you save him for maybe the SEC championship? Do you save him for the game against Florida and use him in a specialty role to get in some snaps, but also kind of as that wild card player and then create that year of separation between Fromm and Fields? So I think from a coaching perspective, the strategy of year to year and managing this is kind of a, a new element. And I think it's going to be fascinating to play out because. We've seen quarterbacks, they move around if they don't play. This adds a new element to that. I totally agree. Athlon Steve on the Twitter account. Find him there, athlonsports.com. Nick Saban would take this book, and he would label it as rat poison. We label it as the must-have if you're a college football fan, and most of us that are, or most of you that are listening to this program love college football. Let me invite you, athlonsports.com. But as you're cruising by the grocery store, Grab that Athlon Sports publication off the newsstands. Uh, Steve, thank you again for spending some time with us here in T-Town. Hey, Ryan. It's always a pleasure. I look forward to doing it again real soon. Steve Lassen, Athlon Sports publication, college football editor. And if you have a chance, this weekend it's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day early to you. But you sit in that recliner and grab that Athlon's publication or Download one of the other great publications. Pick it up at the supermarket, athonsports.com. Go through there and look at the love that Alabama's getting. As I said, Nick Saban may call it rat poison. We call it a must-have for college football fans. We greatly appreciate you for being a part of the show. We appreciate you listening. Remember to connect with me on my Twitter account at Ryan C. Fowler, at Ryan C. Fowler, and I'll look forward to to hanging out with the best fans of the country next time we visit right here on seccountry.com on the Alabama Crimson Tide Podcast. Yeah.